Welcome everyone to Dungeon Master Discussion. I'm your host, Zach the DM. Uh, this is a show where I interview a variety of different Dungeon Masters to kind of pick inside their brain, get to know how things run at their table so that you can take the, the best and the things that you think will work at your table, bring them back, and hopefully through this show uh, we'll all learn something about uh, how we can run D&D. Because uh, the problem with D&D is, unless you have the... Imagination is infinite, but if you don't know about something, you can't imagine it. I am joined here for our discussion on unique combat by Charlie Weber. Nice, nice to have you. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going wonderful. It's been, been a good night so far. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> well, I know you've, you haven't been DMing long. How long have you been DMing for? Uh, not, at least, it's mostly like off and on kind of stuff. Uh, it's usually yeah. when my, my group is uh, in a lull or something and they decide that they want to play something and they aren't sure exactly what to do. It'll be like, I'll throw a one-off or something like that. Or I'll make like a, a weird storyline separate from <laughs> the other group. And it, yeah, well... it always goes a little... Uh, Ari, you know, it gets, gets a little weird, gets a little strange. People, people get upset. Yeah, you know, one shots are great for, um, especially like unique combats, because really you, you you have one thing to go through. Why have the combat be singular with just two people just running and attacking until the other group dies? Why not have something spectacular? Well, like the thing is with that is like if you want that kind of combat, you can just play a video game for that, like where everything is very much set in stone. Whereas when you're playing like a tabletop, you're able to grab the thing off the wall that your DM didn't think that was on the wall exactly until he explained it. So suddenly now you have a lit torch that you can toss at the at the monster or the person or set the whole building on fire if you really felt like it. I like that. Especially like one thing I definitely want to talk about with unique combat was strategies. Like the, the, these creatures that we're often fighting have intelligence and have strategies. And um, one way that I kind of create these unique combat encounters is I'll think about what tools can that creature use and how creative can they be. So kobolds and kobolds, especially in my mind, are very crafty and creative creatures so i think their combat is very expansive because you could have them using ropes sticks like they they love their tools and traps yeah no i, I think that's the cool thing about like having those small creatures yeah sure you can use them as cannon fodder to like slow down the heroes but when you think about them as being the only villain there they can be quite deadly like especially with them and goblins like a goblin by itself is whatever you'll kill that in one hit. But if you have like 12 goblins in there, that could wreck a party. Especially if you add in a hobgoblin onto the top of it. Well, if you, say, you have a, say you have a group of like your 12 goblins. How do you, like what, what kind of things would you do at your table to stop that from being just the run in and take on 12 goblins until you, the other group dies, essentially? So what I did... Like for one of my first uh, DMing things was I created this scenario. It was at like a uh, introduction to D and D night at a at a mm. local uh, place in Exeter, and what essentially was like, oh, uh, these people have been kidnapped by the goblins. Uh, you have to go find them. They went this way, and so along the trail, the goblins had set up like a booby trap. I'd given like about three three ways to figure out if it was there. There's a giant rock on top of the on top of the hill. <laughs> there was uh, leaves uh, on the uh, on the path, which was a hole. And so you could see that if you did a good job, you could see footprints if you uh, searched correctly. But everyone always fell in the hole, which was great because they were like, "Well, it can't be three things." And then they would like fall in the hole, and then they'd have to get out of the hole just just in time so that the rock didn't get put on them, and they would suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that kind of yeah. So when you have a creature that is small, I think it's really important to use 
use their uh, their brains as opposed to the brawn because they know they're not strong. They've lived their entire life up to this point being like, I can't fight a dragon. So I'm not going to try to fight a dragon head on. So it's kind of, you have to use it that way. So anyway, they would go, after they get past that, they would go into the forest. They would find the encampment of, uh, of the goblins. It would be three tree forts and you'd have to like get your way up there. There's cages around of like uh, captured animals and stuff that mm. if someone, usually the druid, tries to open it, they would get attacked by the animal uh, because it was, it was a trained animal. They were like, well, we got to save the animals, and then the animal attacks them. Like, you can't save everyone because not everyone wants to be Damn it, damn it, damn it, I wanted to help you, puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, and you kind of just have to use your players' uh, personalities against them as well. I I feel like I try to break people a lot, and maybe that's an issue, but just kind of go like, (laughs) yeah, that thing that you always do, yeah, you, you don't get to do that all the time, so. If you want to smash through every door, then every door is going to have, like, a bomb on it. Okay. Okay. Have you... What other... Have you used that in other ways for unique combats? Uh, Just, like, uh, trying to... Trying to, like, uh, counter... Countering something that the party may be good at. Maybe you become too confident. With the group that I normally play with, it's... uh, quite often that it's very much oh we're gonna fight the creature the whole time so then i'll try to like invent encounters that have nothing to do with fighting actually fighting would make it would be much worse for you than if you so you have to use your sleep spell or you have to uh use your stealth checks instead of uh hitting everyone over the head because that person's gonna wake up in 1d4 rounds and then ring the alarm or something like that so yeah i do that sometimes i i try to i try to stay off the the beaten path i guess or like the the comfortable groove not the beaten path but the comfortable groove Mm -hmm. like you don't want to uh, Mm -hmm. always fight things or it kind of gets a little tedious and you go like well i guess we're gonna fight this guy now yeah no and uh you brought up a really good uh combat there the, the one where fighting is actually not the answer. Um, I find this especially good with things that look terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you come in and there's a giant muscular like statue that is just walking around, you're going to think, I need to hit that thing before that thing hits me. Yeah. And you're going to essentially counteract what needs to be done. Yeah, no, I, I like to uh, put things into the game that aren't able to be completed. Like, mm-hmm. there, there is a gap that is too far to jump, even if you rolled a natural 20. No way. But if you're going to try to jump it, you go for it. Yep. I'll hopefully give you a chance to, like, unless, like, you're pissing me off, but, like, I'll hopefully give you a chance to, like, try to retroactively fix it from there. Be like, oh, there was a bird flying or something. So you like fall and you grab the bird or something like that, and it'll <laughs> take you down. I don't know. That's just an offhand example, but yeah. Uh, but but one like time to... I was playing with like level ten characters, and the big boss, who wasn't really a boss at all, was a level twenty monk, and he was a level twenty monk. And then they kept breaking into this place, and they were getting frustrated because they were trying to kill some children or something like that. I don't know. The, 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 party, the party got upset and like, threatened the lives of some children. And yes. so As they weren't do. cooperating. So they got mad and they just started like trying to attack everybody. Yep. And they evaded all the traps, which was really cool of them. And then there's just like this guy at the back who's just like sitting there like stoically, just like, don't attack me or you won't survive. And like the other people were like, don't attack that guy or you won't survive. And they were like, I'm going to attack that guy. And, <laughs> and so like i attacked them and they're like well he was like level 20 it was like impossible to kill i was like yeah he was like he, he said it a bunch of times i don't and know what else gr- to say to you. i i the, those those comments are very interesting because they're not supposed to be combats they're supposed to be role play 
But and the the person that they're fighting knows how capable they are, and it's it's very interesting because they can get all the warnings and. Those are great combats. Those are very unique ones. I have one where uh, it's essentially a trapped prisoner. So they're coming up to a new town. But before they get to town on the outskirts, they mm-hmm. see this home that has like this smoke coming out of the chimney. But the chimney isn't going like up and dispersing the air. It's kind of creating a dome around the house. Yeah, like billowing, yeah. Exactly. So uh, players can dig underneath and re- go inside and talk to this druid that's inside. But the druid is completely a lunatic. He he has long lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he's quite calm, but he has like really big outbursts. So the party comes in, and they're like, why are you in here? And he's like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and they're like, why don't you break out? And he's like, I don't know. I have um, amnesia. And they're like, well, we just dug out, dug in. And they like show him the hole, and then he just leaped, and then he just left, and then <laughs> and then he yeah, and then later they all the town was like freaking out. Where where is he? Where is he? Where yeah. is? And the party's just like the the old chill dude in the house. And we we just don't say anything. Don't say anything. Uh, and then he came to the town and uh, used a I think it was a moonbeam. And he like mm-hmm. cut through a bunch of houses and tried to kill the mayor, and so yeah. he's being locked up for his own for for the good of everyone. And he was like basically in jail, and they broke him out of jail. Also, there's this there's this whole thing where he, they weren't the characters couldn't kill him; they weren't allowed oh. to because mm-hmm. he had a lifeblood connection with the mayor. So if he killed him, they would kill the mayor. That's why the mayor is trapping him rather than killing him. Okay, that makes sense. Then that, she's like, that's, Damn a, it. "That's always a cool thing to do, right?" Because I want to live. Every, everyone's like instinctive policy is like, "Well, we'll just kill it, and that'll fix the problem." And yeah, it's like, "Nope, not allowed. Can't yeah. do it." Well, you technically can, but then this other important person dies. You want that, huh? <laughs> and then yeah. the harass comes out of the fucking ground. Fuck like, that oh, now what's left <clears> with? I'm so sorry. Now have. You ever run any timed combat before? Timed combat, so like when you like roll a dice and like count it down. Oh, you can do timed combat in many ways. So you could do it like that, like where you roll for rounds. Um, I like to do it personally with a real life clock because mm-hmm. there's no like, oh, okay, well we have three rounds, so on this round I'll cast this. Next round you're gonna run here, and th- so they can't mm-hmm. like do a full like. Uh, Navy SEALs plan in six seconds. Yeah. Um, so I just make it like a real life, like I'll put like 20 minutes on my clock and I'll just raise it up on my camera on Discord and I'll just hit start. And everyone that's watching is like, why are we being timed? Why are, or like, like, or if you start into a combat, combat music starts and then hit a time and they're like, mm-hmm. what happens at the end of the time? It's like, oh, so you'd even, you'd even tell them like that the time. Oh, no, no, no. All right. Now, because now, we often, because so there like can the people be I play with often can be times. Yeah, so like the the people I play with often they kind of get upset when you don't tell them there's like a timer at all. Because I often just like forget to tell people there's a timer. I just roll the dice and I just like leave it. I don't no, even like don't, they don't get them. to know. I don't even show them the dice and then they're like, "Well, it was time." Like, what the fuck? And I go like, "Oh yeah, was I supposed to tell you? I I don't know, man. I get I'm new at this. I'm sorry." I'm sorry. And, and then something like happens they're like you didn't even we didn't even know that was gonna happen you was like yeah as you would not man good good like uh, the only time i would tell them that it's timed as if it's like a a visual thing where Mm -hmm. like uh their their room is filling with water yeah that i'll like leave the clock visible because that that means that they can they can look at it and like estimate logically you'd be like okay we got like five minutes but if I'm going to have them fighting zombies outside of a barn, and then at 10 mm-hmm. minutes, the barn is going to explode, and this mega zombie is going to come out, I'm not going to tell them about the time limit. I- I- I'm going to scare them. I'm going to let them know there is a timer. And if they're smart, they can look and see the time, which I- they I often like do. I think, I'll I hear think them yell out. Them like, that there's a timer is a good thing. Not letting like, them like really be too aware of it. I 
I think that like let, within the round. It's, it's so stress inducing when you yeah. know that you only have 20 minutes to do something and you don't know what's going to happen in 20 yeah. minutes. You just go. You just go. When people start like making like an out of care game joke, you're like, shut it down. Shut it down. I need you to attack. I need you to run. I need you to do like uh, we don't have time, boys. There's a timer yeah. on. What's the timer on, Zach? I don't know. But it's still going. Fuck, he's not even going to tell me the time anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I, I think that I think that's that's cool that you do it in that way where it's an actual like real time timer. Mhm. Mm so like if they do it a quick and efficient battle, they can like be good to go, but within 3 rounds like you're probably not going to kill the the big bad evil guy on the field uh, no. within 3 rounds. But that's doesn't seem possible unless you made a horrible mistake on who your big evil guy should be. An important thing, though, I find with timed encounters is do not let them get... Uh, if you run a roleplay-heavy game, this is for my table. Um, if you run a roleplay-heavy game, don't let them get out of character. Timed mm. events, when you get stressed, you instantly go to what's most efficient. It's not efficient to talk as Elfdor... It's really efficient to say, I need you to attack twice and do this. Um, mm. But no, 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 no. In character, in character. Because then yeah. they start yelling, character conflict begins. Yeah, I, yeah, that's really a, I think that's important as well. Because like, I know a lot of people, especially when they first start out playing, they're really self-conscious about like having voices or like committing to the bit. But when you commit to the bit, it allows you to play the game not that there's a proper way to play the game, but you play it properly because you're not, you're not Charlie attacking, exactly. attacking a dragon. You're uh, Balthazar, the 75-year-old uh, half-elf man in the four-year-old yep. girl's body. Yep. Warlock attacking, attacking them. Exactly. So you have to talk like this because you still have to seem strong. But when you get attacked, you have to go, ah! That, that that is the cult that is the reason D, D has a cult following is because you really feel like somebody and i think that's important with a lot of these video games any video game that has like a really big like besides call of duty i think call of duty is the only one but it, it you feel like somebody like you're like i am this person well I'm yeah Master no, Chief. i was gonna bring that up because i because my the people i was playing with they brought they brought up kind of the point where they kind of like having the dependability of like other dms where it's kind of like well we know that we're going to at least have one of these things because <laughs> as nerds we <laughs> have not always been so nicely treated so it's always nice to have like some consistency but i like to blow things up i like to i i pitched <laughs> we were doing a uh a, a back and forth dming thing between all of us so we were all dming yeah. storylines of the game and we had just finished up our big game, which was with Balthazar. And uh, he ended up getting like picked up by uh, Gratz. And Gratz was like using him as his uh, <laughs> his puppet to like create destruction, while also <laughs> being caught in a, uh, a bond with Narlathotep, the Elder God. Mm -hmm. So he's using like chaos magic and shit like that. So I wanted for him to come back and destroy uh, Neverwinter because he was pissed at the the wizards there. He wanted to attack that, and they were like, "No, you can't! You can't just break! You can't break the the world!" I was like, "Why not? Why can't I break the world?" <laughs> like, if we just like tip over the tower. That's all he really wants to do. He's just mad at the wizards for making fun of him that one day, and he's like, "No." I was like, can I break the characters then? Can I just take these characters that they're not going to play again? Can I just like ruin their minds or something if they don't survive? He was like, yes. you're going you're gonna to piss a lot of people off. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Hmm. I haven't got around to it yet. I, I meant to, and then we never really got around to it. I think we went to code red or something like that. Yeah, and then COVID kicks in. Um, I have a question. Have you ever done many chase or run combats, like where you're either chasing something or running from something? Not not as a DM. I've 
done stuff as a, a player, but not often, honestly. It doesn't really talk how'd, how'd you enjoy doing those? I think I think it's always neat to have like because those usually come out as like a, a skill challenge at mm-hmm. a certain point. And I usually have done the running away kind of bit. And at a certain point, you make too many mistakes and you have to like try to figure out another way out of it, which is always neat. Yeah. I think it, I think those are great for uh, teams that don't do well with riddles because. As okay. a DM, you probably know that nobody really does well with riddles at all. <laughs> I, I don't use a lot of riddles, to be honest. I, I, well, I, I, the way I use riddles is I'll just essentially make a very long joke. <laughs> like, so like the thing was, is like the last game that I DM'd, which was over Christmas. So it was like a, it was like a Christmas-themed one. And this wasn't even a riddle. Like, it, like... In the loosest sense of the term, it wasn't a riddle. It was a riddle, I guess. On the note that was on the door, it said, knock, 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 knock. Oh. And it took them, like, ten minutes to figure out that they needed to knock on the door. And I was like, just, I don't know what, I don't know what you want. Like, and the one guy was just hiding it. He was just, like, hiding the note. And all it said was, knock, 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 knock. And he was like, this is going to be useful for later. And he, like, put it in his pocket. And I was like. And they were just like sitting outside in the cold. I was like, you know, it's getting cold out, and uh, you're supposed to be yeah. there now. This, this is why I I do this with my chase and run combats, but I often don't actually make solutions to problems. I make problems. I design the problem out, and I design flaws in the problem. Like it's not a perfect problem. Um. But I don't design the solution because I have uh, very crafty groups that know that I like to have big issues. So they have they're very smart and they have outsmarted me a few times and they have come up to with easy solutions to my difficult problems. So now I just don't create solutions because I love their ingenuity. They, 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 their creativeness works so much better than having some solution in mind. Like for my chase, if, if they're chasing somebody, I will have the chase sequence and at the very end, uh, I'll present them with a problem. Maybe the, the cart loses a wheel. Maybe the, the guy uh, disappears into a shop. Um, and then however... If they come up with a good enough solution, like something that I think, oh, that works, and that's cool, then that's how I'll let them solve the problem. Same thing with chase scenes. If they're being chased, present them a problem right before they're about to, or midway, or beginning, middle, or end, really. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to make it, it's almost you have to make it interesting, like cinematic almost, where it's kind of like, all right, cool, you... The run was the easy part. Now you have to figure out the other part. Now you have to climb this wall, or you have to find the brick in the wall that is loose. Yep. Or it's the chase sequence where, like, uh, there's, like, a brick wall up ahead, like, or, like, a tree is falling in the road, and you got to get it out of the road while still going at full speed. But by doing that, you also clear the road for the other guys. So now, yeah, you may have solved that problem, but you still got problem A to deal with. Yeah, well, like a thing that I really enjoy is that video game uh, logic where there's something in the room that will help you defeat the monster. Yeah. And it, it could be anything as obvious as a chandelier bucket. Or, I don't know, there's loose rope on the ground that you could probably tie up to something. Yeah. That someone's probably tripped this guy with before, but now that it's broken, he's like, well, it's not there anymore. Yeah. Which is, okay. it's, I think that's a, a great way to utilize your whole team and it hopefully would stop teams from only having barbarians or only having wizards or whatever. You can have a rogue that sneaks around and ties something up and have a bard to distract them while it happens. And yeah, I think that, it's that's... important that you have monsters. Like, not all monsters can have personalities, but like, yeah. 
having monsters with personalities so that you can try to get them not even on your side, but like being like, I don't like that guy, but damn, he's funny, so I'm gonna pay attention to him for a second. And like, I always, I kind of like, especially with less intelligent creatures, I almost try and think of them as having personalities, but like, not as much like humans, but more like animals. So like, you know how like, you meet two different dogs, you got two different personalities? Mm-hmm. I just apply that theory to goblins. <laughs> Sure. You, you might meet a, a goblin that loves his ear being scratched and uh, will nip if you get near his eyes. You might have a goblin that'll bite you by the throat the first time you let it off its leash. Yeah. Like, and, but then you have you a gelatinous cube, which is just a gelatinous cube. There's no way yeah. that you can... You can't reason with nothing. So, yeah. like... it, And I think that... I think well, that helps. You know what, that kind you know of what? stuff just helps with my like, player fatigue. You know, it's like yeah. having an issue with. Well, we're just gonna fight the orcs, and then we'll kill all the orcs, and we won't question any of them. So because yeah, orcs give don't. them personalities. I actually, I, I, I'm gonna argue against your your slime point. I think you do give the slime a personality. Now you have to remember where its level is. Its level of thinking <laughs> is not. Oh, I I love you. Or anything its level of thinking is like amiibo it's like i need energy I, that's what i want it's okay. what i need so if a player comes over and every time it comes near it like gives it a piece of food the amiibo may realize okay this thing is a source of food i'm gonna stay around it so it's like a reptile it has no real love for you but it knows that you feed it, and therefore doesn't try and run away. That's that's pretty interesting just to think about it like that. Give it some personality. I, well, yeah, maybe it no, jiggles been, when like, it eats. I've been playing the game for like six, seven years now, and so like every time we come on, uh, come across a, uh, a gelatinous cube, it's kind of like, oh shit, how are we gonna get around this? And also not pretend like we know how to defeat it. Yeah. Yeah, I always feel that. Um, that's actually we, like we one. Like a, we had a, a like a long stint of just like trying to tame animals that shouldn't be tamed. Yes, everyone and does. Chris tried to tame like a a, a beaky. Like, <laughs> trying to tame it, and it kept like mauling them. Oh, we're like, God. you know, we're gonna leave. But if you want to tame that, you stay behind. Yeah, you no, you get eaten. No, I got it. It, it it'll yeah. it'll come around. <laughs> ah! uh, no um you brought up a an interest or oh i just um uh, you brought up an interesting point so a lot of the mobs in the uh, monster manual are pretty basic like they mostly just have hp ac and attacks like and maybe one ability, but it's not really an action ability often. Usually it's just a, a passive. And we very quickly in D&D learn how to defeat these monsters. And when we go to a new game, they don't seem as interesting. Because we've already... How many trolls do you really care about? How many of those do you truly change about? So... Do you find yourself changing up the stats at all from the Monster Manual? Well, because we jump around so often, just like from level to level, mm-hmm. I, I find myself having to like just pick a monster at random out of the book that we haven't mm-hmm. fought before, and then try to like get that to go. And so sometimes it won't even like it won't be that I'll change the amount or like the the stack on the monster, but I will uh, I will just change the amount that are there. I think like your mic is rubbing on your collar. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's do it like that. Hopefully this sounds all right. Oh, that sounds beautiful. That sounds good? Oh, that sounds wonderful. All right, cool. Thanks. So, yeah, essentially, like, I, what, did, what was it? I, I sent some basilisks after, after, mm-hmm. uh, after the party, and I just kind of picked it at random and realized that basilisk wasn't, not not even close to being enough for this party. Yeah. Like as minions they were useless. Like 
so I had like this lich. <laughs> I had his lich, and he was just like chilling. He was like hanging out on <laughs> on the on like this chest, just trying to get a nap. And these guys show up, and they're like, they're trying, they're trying to eat, <laughs> they're trying to like get through. And he's like, "Yo, I'm trying to sleep." So like these basilisks show up, and then they kill the basilisks. I was like, I mean, and like three more show up because I was like, that was nothing, you people. Like if I were to hit them even once, it would have been like detrimental. But like I couldn't even touch them with it. I I think I haven't done a lot of changing stats though. Mm-hmm. That's not really a thing that I've come at least been comfortable doing. Yeah. It's definitely it, it's it's one that's definitely kind of um you you definitely want to do it by steps because you'll find that your first step is changing AP, AC armor class and health points. You'll change those first. That is a very basic change. You'll always want to increase the HP of any D&D creature. Um, unless it's like already higher. Unless it's already dangerous for the party. But if you're... Most creatures should have some increased HP. Um, and then what you go into is you start increase, increasing damage. And then, after that, is you add actions. So, that I find... Usually you'll just steal actions from different classes. Like, uh, you're going to give this dog uh, team tactics or... Uh, oh, God. Um, when you're five feet beside ally and you can attack. I forget what it's called. Um, wolf, wolf pack tactics. Or pack tactics. Called. Pack tactics. Yeah. Thank you. Um... But yeah, you can steal them, and then you can begin to create them, which is the fun part. That's when you start adding actions and different even um, initiatives. So like, if you have a, a big boss, like if you want to have a hobgoblin boss, you can give him two initiative orders. So he gets to make two attacks at like first initiative, and then his second initiative, he gets to make like a stomp attack. So... Yeah. You can make it so they're more multi-dimensional, like because as you fight more and more hobgoblins, as you get farther into their camp or their kingdom, like they're gonna get better, they're gonna get smarter, they're gonna be more equipped to take on adventurers. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, that that makes makes a lot of sense i i think i've definitely probably messed with ac before or no hp before just to be like let's give them an extra 50 so that they don't kill them in one go because when i would when i made that uh that encounter with the lich and the the basilisk it was working fine and now i can't hear oh maybe it's my discord only it might be one second oh jake You are, we are having technical difficulties, technical difficulties. We are having technical difficulties. Please stick around. So we get, all right. uh, Yeah. So like when I did that encounter with the the lich and the, uh, and the, the basilisks, like this was like a team of like, level six or sevens that ended up defeating the lich like they got thirty thousand experience out of the deal and i was like well you didn't kill him correctly so uh, he's still alive but i was like that's when i really should have like beefed up the basilisk because that's that's why it was important because they weren't supposed to kill that guy they were supposed to really just fall in love with him he was his, i think his name was jack <laughs> He was just a chill guy trying to have a nap, and they just, like, showed up. God damn. And then it was like, yo, stop hitting me. Like, he didn't attack them for, like, three rounds. Oh, And they okay. almost did. Okay. And then, so, like, he fingered to death the one guy and turned him into a zombie. Yeah. Just immediately. I was going to say, he should have been able to do that at least twice and just be like, no, no. All right. Yeah. Dominate person. Stop. I actually, yeah. kill him. Kill this other guy. All right, excellent. Yeah. Now it's a... no, it was definitely a flub on my end. But... Hey, 
know what? I was like, well, now I own this guy. So that created that was a unique encounter. You you expect this lich to be all prepared and and lo looming and dangerous. Dude's just on a chest, wants a nap. He has had a long day, and you know what? You can throw in some like future thing, like why you, you can sh maybe later have like a flashback or like this huge quest, which is set up because Bob did all that like walking or work or something. And that's why he needed the rest. And now you need to go find Bob, but turns out you fucking killed him. You're an asshole. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I like all kinds of different encounters. I actually, I wrote a whole list of different encounters, but one type that I want to kind of get your opinion on is encounters that don't have enemies. The terrain itself attacking you. I think that one always pisses people off. Oh. <laughs> that one... That that one always gets the players mad, coming from a personal experience. But please tell us. We ran an entire we ran an entire campaign. My brother was running it in fourth edition, mm -hmm. uh, where we were like the whole world was blighted. It was like a war. It was a Warcraft three inspired uh, campaign where like the whole everything on the ground like you couldn't sleep ever anywhere. There was nowhere to sleep. You would never let us sleep anywhere, and so like the environment was constantly attacking us and we were so upset the entire time and he was like well you can't sleep in this building because uh there's corpses in that room he's like we'll just close the door to that room he's like well you don't get to sleep well then <laughs> we're like cool so we've gone like seven full days just no rest it's like i'm sleeping in a tree is there blight on the trees like no and i was like but you're sleeping in a tree so you feel bad and I was like, <sighs> so I always find that the, the terrain, where the terrain is, uh, is the monster, quote unquote, that always pisses people off. You know what? But that the anger uh, is an emotion, and you you want to press emotion the deity. I would say definitely don't do it too long, because mm -hmm. you, you you there's there's a point in D and D when it's like. Man, I fucking hate the ground, man. It is always pissing me off, but it's kind of hilarious. Uh, my character is so mad right now. He is going to, like, fist the world when he gets home. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, there's also that anger. You can actually make them hate the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, you don't want them to be so angry that they're like, all right, bro, if I get, if I can't go to fucking sleep tonight, and I have disadvantage on my attacks tomorrow. I'm gonna be pit like I'm not gonna want to play. There's two variants of anger. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think those are, but they're very similar to chase uh, chase encounters, mm. where you have to get away from the environment in the most efficient and safest way possible, more than likely with whatever loot you grab. You know, it's funny. I often don't like to make the solution to these terrain combats running away. Because that's, okay. that's, that's the obvious one. That's the obvious solution. Yeah. We, we, it, it hurts us. We should get away. And I'm like, that's boring. <laughs> what, what, else you, what else you got? What else you got? You got a rope trick? Ooh, that's cool. That's that's cool. Oh, you got a teleport. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that one item I gave you six months ago that you nearly forgot? That's finally important? <laughs> the sword the sword of acid swelling lakes? Oh, yeah, you got to put that in the middle there. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's what it's for. We should get rid of all this acid with the sword of acid swelling Lakes. Half the time I forget about all the items I give out. I just give them out and I'm just like, they do these random abilities that are very random in particular. And then like, they'll just use them one day and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, this is what I knew you'd use it for. I am a mind reading DM. I had a character with Sovereign's Glue for the entire campaign, but I didn't have Identify. I didn't have identifiers, and every time I tried to show anything to anybody, they would steal it from me. So I didn't show anybody that what it was. So he just has it. Oh, thank you, Kitty. Just gotta stretch and take a drink. Oh, using those Nord coins. 
Every time you watch our stream, Charlie, you gain some Nord coins and you can spend them on different things during the streams. Uh, simple ones like stretching or taking a drink all the way up to hosting streams, wearing hats, singing songs. God, don't make me sing songs. <laughs> also, I don't do the, that on the show. No songs. Um, so, so yeah, often... I, I really do like problems with no solutions. And I find these make like the most interesting, unique combat situations because what you can then do is you plan out the problem and you don't worry too much about the solution. Now, this might not work at every player's tables like because some people might not be as creative or they might play D&D more one-dimensionally. Um, but I find for more creative roleplay types, like having a, a seemingly invincible problem and then beating it makes that reward just so sweet. Mm -hmm. Also... No, and I, I think... I'm sorry. I think that comes down to also knowing your players at the table. I think that's really important, knowing their strengths and weaknesses. So if like everyone I've ever played with don't put in riddles because it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> You're going to sit there for a year trying to figure out this fourth grade riddle. So you have to like make, make it work for them. If you have someone who likes to talk more, allow your monster to talk with them mm -hmm. or allow the problem to be sorted out with words often or not even often, but like occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, you do. combat doesn't, combat can be anything. It's it's another encounter type. Just like how you can have any type of roleplay encounter, mm -hmm. uh, you can do that with any kind of combat. You can have ambushes, uh, hordes, uh, bosses, um, like combats that kind of transition. So like you defeat one phase of the combat and then second phase happens. Yeah, uh, you can have like an unkillable creature. You you can change the terrain, like combat. Have you ever done combat in the air? Uh, only on like airships. Ooh, airship combat. How'd you enjoy that? Yeah. Were you fighting like other airships uh, or? What are, we had dragons come attack us, so we had like we had like cannons and like uh, harpoon guns and stuff like that. We usually get pretty messed up, though, I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for the most part. Uh, it's not easy uh, doing that. Uh, We've had a lot of mishaps, people jumping off and, like, doing that stupid rule where fucking you fall 500 feet no matter what. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't like that rule. It's a dumb rule. Uh, doesn't make sense. Terminal velocity or? is Just immediate, like, immediately. Just, like. You're like, okay, cool. I'm gonna do the thing, and then it's like, no, it's too late. And you're oh like, yeah, when you okay, but like you're gonna go, you're gonna go 500 feet, and sure, you fall 500 feet. Yeah, but then if you're more than 500 feet in the air, then you should be able to like do something. They're like, no, you just keep falling. And I go, no, no I don't. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't sound right either. Unless you like, and like if you made me roll to see if I could stay conscious after falling, sure. But I'm not just gonna fall a thousand feet for no reason. I I had a, an airship that it didn't run on air or like um, it ran on this liquid that was lighter than air. Um, and so they were flying these griffins, and to, one of my players to try and destroy the airship or at least stop it from attacking, dove a hundred feet off his griffin uh, as a minotaur through the top balloon of it. Um, and as he's like in this liquid, all of the enemies that just seen him pretty well like go through like, you know if uh, you had like a giant balloon and someone like, pushed their finger through it? That was him with his body as he like hit the deck. And so they just started stabbing him <laughs> until he died. <laughs> and uh, then he floated away because he was covered in the... Uh, light liquid that was lighter than air oh, weird. yeah so That's air nice. combat is really fun because you do get those moments of all right i'm going to 
roll my and I, I asked him, I was like, did you realize that I could and should have just let you die? He's like, yeah. Yeah, but that's why I just did it. I just did it because it was fucking awesome. And you get that with heights. Height, the, the more uh, risk and verticality yeah, that like the so people get some corners. People also get scared. Yeah, and that yeah, because I have a character who has like the winged boots, so like he was able like so when he does air combat, it's just like very like yeah, whatever. I can fly now, so it's cool. Which, but like if you're just doing like I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump at it and hopefully I catch it. Or whatever, and then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. You know what? So, yeah. Something I find more than air combat that really sketches players out. Because air combat does sketch people out where you're like, you're on this ship, and if the ship goes down, you fall. But yeah. what's even worse than maybe falling a few hundred feet, unless you have this airship thousands of feet in the air, that is when you really get them terrified. But if you're on a <laughs> ship in the middle of the ocean, if that shit breaks, you you're you're el fuckoed. <laughs> There's no saving that. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh... I find I find air combat is slightly limited, just based on the fantasy realm. Like either either you can fly or you can't, yeah. and so you're on a ship. So you're either kind of on this sitting duck island for these dragons to attack you. And you get the balls enough to jump off and try to land on a dragon and saddle a dragon. Or or you can fly and then it's just more four-dimensional than it is uh yeah. than it is just like regular combat, but four-dimensional because you can go down. Three-dimensional. I guess. Three-dimensional. I would love four. Imagine if they added fourth dimension for the next D and D. Just like this character fights in a realm which you can't even see. That'd be a cool spell. There's so many lines. I'm writing down that spell. <laughs> fourth, four D spell. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, but yeah, because yeah, air air combat is. You're also usually over stuff. Like when you 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 are going to land, you somewhere. Now you you I guess you yeah. could add that desperation by having them land or be flying over an ocean or flying them over a desolate place. Because you, when you create that bond with that ship, like I need this ship or else I will die. Um, it definitely yeah. motivates combat. There's no like run away or like we'll take some damage but keep moving no it's like we need to minimize all damage we need to find a way to distract and manipulate well yeah no we we had uh characters that like own the ship so they don't want it broken so they have an actual special bond with it but we often find ourselves flying over desolate areas because it's always like a long trip yeah we we do a lot of uh, skipping the the travel because it's kind yeah. of boring. Like, yeah, you, you can do a lot. You can do a lot with travel if, especially if that's like your whole campaign is to get from Waterdeep to Neverwinter or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, cool. Let's uh, we'll be the fellowship and we'll make it all the way there. But after a while, if you're trying to do like this overarching story, because we were for a long time for like three three years, we played out of the abyss. So like we were just like walking in the underdark everywhere for 20 days uh, at a time yep you go like nobody nobody wants to do this after the fourth time so you have to like either make it interesting or figure out a way to get them there quicker yep. so like when we were doing like airship stuff we like we, we were in like the arctic areas and so like there's not a whole lot of Space, because we were going to fight ice giants or something like that and so like you get to the ice giant area and it's all snowy and shit and there's like not a lot of shit around there's like places to stop but it's not like look at this vibrant community here that's what i think i, I, I think mean, that's important with those like ship 
carriage. Anytime you're using a, a vehicle, uh, make it make that vehicle important and and make it so that the characters have to care about it. Like this is something they need and. Make it so that the enemy isn't afraid to hit it a few times. It's really going to piss them off. If you just keep hitting the yeah. boat as the creature, they're going to they're gonna stand up and be like, I'm fucking fleshy. I'm right here. Please <laughs> yeah. stop hitting my boat. Well, it's kind of just that rule where it's like, if you have horses in a game, that thing is going to die. Your horse is dead. As soon as you buy it, that horse is fucking dead. Kill, yeah, if you want they're like, please bring the horse back. They're like, please bring the horse back. Well, you'll get your deposit. And you're like, yeah. and you just have an extra gold piece because it's not coming back. Oh yeah, I... kill the horses. It really, it. Oh my god, I felt so bad, but at the same time, I laughed so hard. But um, my characters had to take this uh, carriage full of gold um, through like this mountainous terrain. So they're given these two strong uh, horses to pull the carriage that was like half full of gold. And uh, first encounter, I killed horses. So now they have a cart full yeah. of gold and they gotta get it over the mountains. So guess who the, bar the barbarian is stuck carrying this fucking cart. And yeah, that just created very interesting encounters. Cause well, like from there, you can make the barbarian exhausted so then it makes it He's not an athletics master or whatever like that. Also, guess what? Next time they got a set of horses, they gave it armor. They added like um, little bits of wood onto the carriage so that the horses would have like some like half cover uh, mm. from the sides. So it's like now they care. Now they really care because they realized how much <laughs> it sucks to not have them. You know what? We we've never truly learned that lesson. We just let the horses die. It's like, oh, you can't bring the horses in here. You're like, okay, cool. And they just like kill the horse. You're like, yeah, we don't need it oh, anymore. Yeah. We made it to the town. Oh my god. We'll just buy new horses. You just you, You're like we don't have we don't have space in the stable. Fucking get them out of here. I want this as a D and D skit. You just show up to um uh, you show up to a D and D town with two horses and an empty cart, and they're like. No, no horses allowed in the town. And they leave their mess everywhere, and you're like, damn it. And you, you leave, and then you come back carrying a cart with two dead horses. So. <laughs> horse meat, we're selling horse meat. <laughs> I'm a horse meat vendor. Yeah. Damn it. Well, it's just kind of, you just be like, you just like cut away to them, just being like, nah, ma, he's my horse. I'll do it. And just like old yeller the shit out of Uh. All right. The true, the truest, yeah. worst thing to be in all of D and D is a horse. Yeah, yeah. Not bad to be a dog, to be honest. Dogs get a lot of. Oh love. man, it should be like a. It should be like a horse race, like not like centaurs because I don't know. Centaur. They're always like a monster or like this mythical being, but like you could just have like a BoJack Horseman kind of people walking around and like be like the crusaders, the oh horse God, people. God, their heads. I just want a horse body, no horse neck, and just the human head. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the body and just... Hey, man. What's <laughs> up? Um, so, if you were going to go and create your own, like, unique combat encounter right now, um, where do you think you would start? Where would you personally start? Hmm. Uh, I usually start with uh, the kind of the person who hires them. Like I kind of always kind of go with, what does this person need? Like, where does he live? Where what does he need? And why does he need people to help him? Okay. So the last thing that I made was the uh, the Christmas inspired one, where there was this guy named Saint Nicholas, oh. and he was just. And he was like dressed in blue and uh, he basically looked like Santa Claus, like a budget Santa Claus, but he had like blue and he was like a knockoff. Yeah. So he needed help delivering packages to, to people's houses because it was Christmas. So he had to like get people to get those packages from the impound lot because his cart had been impounded. So you have to go to the impound lot in Daggerford, 
which I had to make up because <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yeah, but... yeah. I like it. So I just like, so I repurposed. So I went to the impound lot and had, they had to do like a sneak around and they had to like go through the snow and make sure they weren't leaving tracks. And they, so they, they decided to dig under the fence instead of climb over the fence yeah. because it was like barbed wire at the top. Yeah. And they had to like distract the dogs and stuff and then get away from the, get away from the, the night watchman, which they did end up putting asleep, which was really cool. And they had to check each individual cart. Yeah. And I kept rolling to see which cart they would get. And if I rolled a six, whichever one I rolled six yeah. or four on, I can't remember what it was, uh, that would be the cart they did. Ended up being like the last cart in the in the line because that's just how D&D works. See, that's, <laughs> you can't win for right. Uh Yeah. That's actually, um, I think distraction, that's actually a really cool encounter because you kind of include like three really cool things you got uh the dog, who is just going to be an immediate uh, an alarm and an attacker. Then you got the yeah. guard, who, again, alarm and attacker. And then you also have the uh, thing where while they're trying to deal with these two possible threats, they also have to do investigation. They also have to be looking. And I, <laughs> I find if you want to make a really simple, unique encounter, you start adding in other things they have to do while handling the encounter. And you can just make them as simple skill checks. Like, they have to make arcana checks to get this, uh, uh, carve the rune in properly, uh, so that the door will open, so that they can get away from this horde. Like, adding in skill checks just makes it, uh, uh makes the combat a whole different situation. Because now people can't be fully focused on fighting and killing. Well, I like to add things, add benefits to people if they think differently. So, like, I immediately told them to go to the impound lot. And two of them decided that they were going to try to, like, scale, like, the the rooftops and, like, go through the fences and stuff. Yeah. And then the one guy was just like, I'm just going to walk there. Like, it's, like, one in the morning. No one's kicking around. No one's looking. I'm just going to walk there. Yeah. So the guy who walked there got, a, got there first. Yeah. Because it what that wasn't part of it. Like all you had to do was just get there, and they're like, "We're gonna be sneaky," and then they caused so much commotion, like doing that. Oh, it, it's it's. So I like to reward people for thinking differently when I try to when I try to play. I agree. It's like you you. It's it's a story. We're co we're cooperatively making a story. So that's the reason I usually don't make the solutions because I want it to be cool interesting and fun and so if the solution is very boring or flat it's just not that very interesting and if i make the solution then i'm not going to feel very rewarded when they complete it because i know what they were i knew what they had to do mm -hmm. for sure oh but sadly it's uh comes to the very end of our time uh, was there anything else that you wanted to mention on Unique Combat before we sign off tonight, Charlie? Um, a thing that I, I've learned, at least especially in the last couple of games that I've done, is to also, when the characters do something cool, just make sure that you reward them properly. If they do things correctly, make sure that they're rewarded or they won't want to play with you. <laughs> so like, you have to... Be like they they asked me for like five extra gold one time and I didn't give it to them because the guy didn't have five extra gold and they were they were pretty upset about that. But like you could have just like tossed it in because like you can make that they can just have it and be like, sure, I guess. You know what? Uh, yeah. Um, I was talking with another DM and he said it very well. There there there's opportunities at and at, at every time somebody does something interesting or uh, creative and. You should try and take as many opportunities as you can. And if you think about it as opportunities, it becomes a little bit easier. Because when somebody does something cool, like um, distract the dog, you can give them a, 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 you have an opportunity to reward them there. And humans are very basic. We just like positive feedback. We just, we just want to be petted on the head and given a treat and said, good boy. Like, oh, okay. 
Thank you. I'll do that again. Yeah. We're simple. Yeah. We're simple creatures. Excellent. But yeah, I would say if you're doing doing trying to make your combat more interesting, try to think outside the box and try to allow multiple solutions. Like, sure, you could attack it to death, or you could trick it into turning around. You could speak at it and see if you can confuse it. Ogres aren't smart. Like he's, so why not try to concoct your own riddle against the DM if the DM can't get the riddle? Who knows? You know what? It's a very good... It's a, I, I like that idea as well. But thank you for joining me on uh, talking about unique combat. We definitely came up with a lot of cool ideas, and I'm definitely interested to take a few of these ideas back to my own table and test them out. Um, did you have uh, anything that you... I didn't tell you about this because we kind of caught up a little bit later. But did you have anything that you have want to plug for 30 seconds? Anything that you're doing right now that we can uh, check out? Uh, yeah. So my name is Charlie Weaver. I'm a musician from London, Ontario. Um, I have a record out that I'm on vinyl. It's called Old Habits. Uh, you can purchase it from me through the internet. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Charlie Weaver Music. And uh, yeah. That's about it. I'd I'd grab one for you if you, <laughs> but I don't have one. Oh, that's, I'm not a fan. That's fine. Yes, everyone, make sure you go. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming. Um, and thank you all for watching tonight's episode of Dungeon Master Discussion. We will be back next week, and it will be my birthday, so I will be doing a Q and A. Uh, I don't think I'll be having any guests. I think I'll be all alone to answer my own Q&A. So if you have any questions that you would want to ask myself or any other Dungeon Master, please submit them either in the chat or in the comments on YouTube, and I will be answering them next Friday. But until that, till then, have a good week, everyone.